Today on CityCast Philly, what does financial freedom mean to you? There's a lot of definitions, but for some Philadelphians, it's hard to meet this goal. So what does it take for people to thrive in Philly? It's Tuesday, April 11th. I'm Trinina Ree, and here's what Philly's talking about. Christopher Wink, you're the publisher and CEO of Technically, a news outlet focused on tech and entrepreneurship. Chris, you and your team are working on a new storytelling series called Thriving, where you're spending one year with 10 Philadelphians looking into how they achieve financial freedom or they how they thrive. I'm curious, how do you define financial freedom in our city especially when we see and often hear about extremely high levels of poverty? Yeah. One of the most frequent answers to the question of financial security or freedom is able to put the bills on auto pay. That is oh my God. one of the yes. most common across class, <laughs> across. We've gotten this question, that answer in a lot of ways. Um, but an- another answer that I think will resonate with a lot of folks that we've heard is um, – able to imagine something more tomorrow than I have today. Mm. I think that for so many of us, that's what thriving means, hope and confident in that better future. Has there been a central theme that keeps Philadelphians away from obtaining their financial goals? In 2019, by so many measures, we were in a good place. Unemployment across racial and ethnic groups, including Black and Hispanic Philadelphians, were at all-time lows. We were watching an entrepreneurship boom beginning. Black women were disproportionately starting companies. Our city neighborhoods were vibrant. We had construction up. Like so many measures were going the right way. And then for three years, it has been seesawing back and forth. Crime was at an all-time, what was that, at a decades-long low in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, Confidence in our city government was in a strong position in 2019. We've seen that seesaw. I think one narrative out of this thriving project is just that we've watched the progress we were once so confident in erode. And like any of us in our personal lives, when you see progress going the wrong way, it doesn't matter how small that backslide is. The direction's wrong, the feeling's wrong. And that I think is like running across this project um, and so many of the conversations we have. Because when we push folks, often they are in a better position than the five, six, seven years ago. But we were on the whole in a better spot on the eve of the pandemic. And we've taken some steps backward. And I so the thing of this is mental. I, I think so many Philadelphians can't think optimistically about the future because they're so uncertain about this moment. Hmm. Interesting. And couldn't our definition of financial security change, right? Like maybe a year ago, you know, I wanted this and that, but actually I've got some new ideas. I've got some new goals. And actually this is what I want my financial goals to be. Yeah. So the way this project works is we have these 10 key persona group. And so the persona groups range a bunch. We have high-income earning black professionals, uh, immigrant entrepreneurs, and we have black working mothers, um, older white working residents, new immigrants. Um, these are these are people from lots of different backgrounds with very different experiences with Philadelphia. Um, mm-hmm. And you're right that people's 
sense and expectations of thriving change because that's how growth works. What is a goal of today might be a future disappointment. So that shows up a ton depending on these groups, right? Like we have we we have we did focus groups with folks who are, you know, relatively high income earners, double, triple the median income level in Philadelphia, and they are frustrated by not being able to see maybe a, you know, a third or fourth stage for their career or oh, my, you know, uh, I have to go elsewhere to do whatever thing for my business. So that's very different than I'm living in living in deep poverty in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are very different life experiences that we're trying to understand through the project. I see. Let's talk about some of the folks you spoke with. You met Ghulam Dinesh, who left Afghanistan for Philly in 2021. He used to be a media analyst, but now he works as a dishwasher at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And he says he works a lot. When you don't have your Sundays off, Monday, Saturdays off, it means it's not a life, normal life for me. Chop is a good place to work, but uh, for me, uh, that's not where I have to be. I have to be somewhere in the office uh, where I have experience. What's keeping Gulam from thriving? There, there are national and local threads in many of these people's stories, including Gulam's. Um, we have a disjointed immigration policy. We have... Um, a perverse set of expectations for what degrees, how degrees are supposed to match to jobs. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. And those are those are such representative trends for us as a country and us as a city. Um, Philadelphia's immigrant population has grown relatively fast compared to peer cities, and the higher income portion of our immigrant population has grown relatively fast. But so has our immigrant population living in poverty. Ghulam is this story. It's an American story. It is a Philadelphia story that displaced because of international strife in Philadelphia because of an incredible apparatus of non-governmental organizations, nonprofits, and philanthropy. Here in the Northeast Philadelphia section, you know, Northeast section of our city, which is rapidly becoming one of the most immigrant rich parts of our city, despite old narratives of the Northeast. And he feels stuck. He's thankful for that job at CHOP. And I, I think he, in, in the interview with Nicole Curry, again, credit to, to our reporter, Nicole Curry, who did this interview, um, Gulam repeatedly notes, like, thankful for the job at CHOP. He's aware that he has a job. He, he says that CHOP actually treats him well. It is, a, it is a good job. But it's this narrative feeling like he's going backward. He had an office job. He says in the piece he actually had a second home. He had time with his family. He was living what we in the United States would consider an upper middle class life. And he gets displaced and he goes from an upper middle class life and a mindset to, in his sense, going very backward to a place that he doesn't think it's where he has to be. And we are at the same time having an enormous shortfall in in the kind of professional workforce that is holding back some of the companies we want to thrive in Philadelphia. That's a massive mismatch. You also spoke with Jaquan Fields, who's a professional clown, and he has a goal of starting a circus, but he says he's having a tough time with funding. It's one of those things when you're in the the world of entertainment or arts, 
some of these things are hard to find because most art grants are very specific. Performance arts is harder to get grants than uh, visual arts. Visual arts are accepted by everybody. Chris, to his point, is it hard for artists of various disciplines to thrive in our city? Philadelphia has a relatively per capita high rate of gig working creatives. Mm-hmm. We do have a very real uh, internationally respected art, artistic scene. Um, but also we have a gig working creative scene because people are piecing things together. Um, and there aren't as many creative jobs as some of the world's great big creative centers. No surprise. In lots of ways, Philadelphia is a great place to be an artist. And I, I think it's irresponsible for me to say otherwise. That we, When you look at peer cities, regional cities, Philadelphia is an excellent place to be an artist. It is. Philadelphia, like any regional city, has to specialize. But we end up, because of proximity, having an art scene that has almost every slot, opera, ballet, music, graffiti, murals and sculpting. and It's all here. I don't, I don't think a lot of regional cities have that breath. So we do have big city artistic ambitions on regional city budgets. And I think that's what's happening when we talk about Philadelphia's arts and culture community. Another theme from this project is that we are not just poor, we also have traditionally not been wealthy. We got some real money in the Western suburbs, um, but compared to like a Chicago, you know, maybe a, maybe a decent peer city, um, even compared to like the county of Brooklyn, you know, Kings County, Brooklyn, when you look at the, like, you look at the data, um, we, we just have fewer rich people who live in our city. And for all those who might want to deride uh, rich people, um, they tend to be the people who fund the arts. Uh, and so when you don't have a ton of rich people, you also lack some of that. You also spoke with Linda Hines, who's born and raised in South Philly. She works at a daycare. She's 63, and she says she's not thinking about retirement because she wants to go back to school. I think if I would retire now, I would miss my kids. You know, I'd be so bored, I won't know what to do. So I want to, like, you know, still stay with work and working with children and try to give them better education by me having a better education. Chris, why is Linda going back to school? In part, she loves her work. In another part, we do have a financial incentive that can be sometimes well-aligned between compensation and education. Some of that alignment is good. That's how we get people to, to keep investing in their careers. You go back for the MBA, hopefully you actually add real skills, you become more productive, God willing, you get paid more. And that happens at frontline worker levels too, particularly in regulated industries and, and childcare is, is heavily regulated. Right. So there is a universal certification that most, if you have kids in daycare, um, most of your frontline workers have taken the certification. Linda had not. Linda wanted to get to this certification. It's a gold standard, um, but it costs some money. We are in a labor glut right now. And so her employer found a grant program, matched it up, and the employer paid to put Linda through this certificate program. Oh, that's great. Truly. And speaks to the moment of when labor's in demand, we can upskill people who are mid to lower income in the, in the, in the, in the quintiles. And that can be really transformative for people's existence. And this also would help her financially because now she's got these new certifications. That means she could get a pay raise? Yes. She'll bump up um, a few bucks an hour, which is the equivalent of a few thousand dollars over the course of a year, which is which is very real 
money. And also, of course, we we want people to get more experience at the work that they do. So presumably, if we if we, if you if you hope and think that the certificate program actually encourages her to learn um, important skills, which we hope it does, um, she also becomes better and more productive for those kids she's she's um, serving, which should have ripple effects um, if the system works, which is a question uh, worth worth just talking, discussing separately. Chris, so far in your reporting, is it a lack of opportunities, a lack of education, or a lack of funding that's holding Philadelphians back? What's missing for folks? Yeah, that's 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 that is that is the question, Trinae. One of the other project themes that has come out for me is famously, notoriously, maybe even proudly, we are not one to celebrate. We are not a boastful people in Philadelphia. Um, it is you, you, no. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Very okay. When it comes to sports, I feel like we are. <laughs> I think I think the sports narrative we have is so much more about not being the other. You know, the the Sons of Liberty song that we now sing at Eagles is is no one likes us, we don't care. It's not we are great and you should think we are. Okay. Um so our narrative is is just oppositional. Uh, that's fair. And I think that's charming. It's what it's what sold me as a Philadelphian 15 plus <laughs> years ago. Um, so no, I don't think we're entirely boastful. I think we routinely undersell our incredible assets. It's important to me to call out that in so many metrics, our our black and Hispanic residents were doing better historically than than had been in decades. That's not a story we talk a lot about. In 2019, we were not doing a lot of championing and chest thrumping and saying, we've made progress. We outperform Boston in the retention of college graduates. We do not talk proudly very often about real changes. How do we talk about that, though? I, I think a lot of news organizations and and I think the city cast of the world, and I think I think there are groups that do say, look, this stuff works. Some of it I just think is our DNA, and I don't think that even necessarily worries me. But when you say to me, what's holding us back? I guess my point is, we have so many problems worth focusing on. I wish we would ignore the the complaints I think are less important. And I think that includes recognizing when we've made progress. I'm curious, Chris, what's been most surprising for you while working on this project? I've been very stuck the last few weeks on this idea that we didn't, we just feel like we're going backward. We had a moment in 2019. I think I, I reject the narrative that it's all bad and and you know we're poor, we're, we're, we're crime infested, we're, you know, the infrastructure is crumbling, the leadership is vacant. I, I I kind of push back on that because it, it has a hopelessness that I find unproductive and inaccurate. I don't think as a journalist, I, I don't think it's even true. So I find mm -hmm. it not helpful. So I think for me, this project, I'm at this stage thinking we need to remind Philadelphians that we've solved problems before. We have been reeling the last few years of this pandemic. And that is what I think we're feeling. But there are macro trends that I think can be on our side. And it surprised me that we need to to have a refresh of why our story can include optimism without being Pollyannish. We are poor. We do have generational poverty. If you are a Black Philadelphian, you are more likely to be poor than if you were living in Atlanta and, and a handful of other peer cities we compared against. 
but we have a cultural history and we have a diversity of industry, a tapestry of communities that is so incredibly rare. But when you push and push and push and you start getting into the weeds, there's so much that can work for people here. We're just so mad at what doesn't work. All right, Chris Wink of Technically, thanks for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thanks for having me, Trinay. It was a privilege. To learn more about The Thriving Project and other Technically events, we'll have links in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. Democratic Senator Bob Casey announced this week that he's running for re-election. According to the Philadelphia Inquirer, this would be yet another competitive race as Casey seeks a fourth term. It's also reported that he's the longest serving Democratic senator in Pennsylvania history. And so far, Dave McCormick and State Senator Doug Mastriano, two Republicans, have expressed interest in challenging him. And the National School Lunch Program recently approved Lunchables to be served in cafeterias across the country. But Billy Penn reports the Philadelphia School District isn't planning to add the meal kits to the menu. On the other hand, some students and cafeteria managers think they would be a great addition. Parents are less sure. I don't know. As a kid, I love them. As a parent, me personally, it makes packing lunches easier. But the options are kind of limited. It's time for the tip of the day, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. If there's graffiti in your neighborhood or on your block, you can send a graffiti removal request to the city's Community Life Improvement Program. Go to phila.gov slash 311. If you have a tip of the day, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.